You're listening to Shot Callers with Kyle Branding and Joe Micucci, part of the 48 Minutes Podcast Network. Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Shot Callers here on the 48 Minutes Basketball Network. I am Joe Micucci, and as always, I'm joined by Kyle Brandon. Kyle, we have returned from our uh, elongated holiday break, and uh, lots kind of happened around the league since we've been gone. It it, it has, yeah. It's a it's a new year, same us, and um, busy NBA season. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So without further ado, let's just go go ahead and get right into it. You got love to see it, hate to see it, and you know, aforementioned, you know, we missed a couple things while we were gone. So probably the biggest story. Uh, over the last couple of weeks has been the return of the forgotten son, or not forgotten, depending on how you look at it. Uh, Clay Thompson is back with the Golden State Warriors, and he's only played a, a couple games, but, man, it, it has just been so nice seeing him back. I, that first game back um, against Cleveland, you you would have thought, I mean, I know he was on a minutes restriction, but the minutes that he played, he made some incredible defensive rotations that you just would not expect from a guy that's missed the last two years with Achilles injuries. Yeah, he looked uh, really excited to be out there, which was great. Um, the Draymond thing was cool. I, oh, yeah. You know, I'm a big Draymond fan, and I thought that was a cool little moment. And he looks good. So, I mean, this is, uh, I think, best-case scenario. I think that everything went, honestly, really well. The only only complaint I had was that it was on NBA TV. I would have loved to see that game kind of flexed somewhere else um nba tv just seems to be the most annoying way to have to watch a game um, <laughs> but really that's my only that's my only negative thing to say about it otherwise it was awesome night for basketball um if you're a basketball fan if you're not um i mean it's still just an awesome night to see so um just a really cool moment yeah i think it was uh worldwide wav who tweeted out that clay day was the most united nba twitter had ever been no, nobody yeah. was disappointed. Well, you had your few curmudgeons that were like, you know, the good old Clay Thompson has had the easiest road to being a super, that, you know, that crowd. But uh, no, it was 60 and, you know, kind of everybody come together and just celebrate the return of, of honestly one of the most fun guys to have in the league. Um, yeah, so. and probably one of the most liked guys in the league. I, yeah. I think it's a short list. I think Giannis is up there. I think Clay is up there. I mean, the. Just a likable, likable guy on and off the court. So good to see him back. Yes, sir. Kyle, what have you got for love to see it this week? My love to see it. Uh, well, so we got that new rookie rankings uh, article that just went up. I'm yes, sure sir. you've read it. And uh, if you haven't read it yet, make sure you go to 48minutesnetwork.com. Uh, check it out. Uh, we'll We'll tweet the link to it as well. So we're talking about the rookie rankings. Love to see it. It's got to be Cade Cunningham. The 29-point game against the Jazz. It felt oh, like he's yeah. it felt like he's definitely been trending towards it, but like this was the big national coming out where right like he is the trending topic. Um he he gets that statement win. Um and I thought this was just kind of the biggest moment in the season for that Pistons team. Uh it's it's their best win of the season, and that that's a pretty big statement because they just beat the the Bucks. So, um, yeah, I mean, their best win of the season for sure. Cade with 29 points. He gets a chase down block in the last two minutes on Conley. Um, and, and 
what really impressed me the most, right? He starts off 0-5 from the floor. And this happens with Cade. He's, he, he sometimes starts off slow, but that is fine. He then went 10 for 12 from the floor and finished with 29 points. Really, really impressive. And, and that's been the story of the season, right? He started the first 15 games. He averaged 13 points, shooting 24% from three. The next 15 games, over 18 points a game on over 40% from three. This is a guy that is a leader, loves the, the bright lights, wants to be there when the game is closest. That is when he's at his absolute best. Um, and ooh, what I really love to see is this offense finally ran some pick and roll. Finally, finally. Yeah. Dwayne, Dwayne Casey, love him, good leader of men. We, we love Dwayne Casey and we respect him. But his offense, is it, it leaves a lot to be desired. And he just doesn't run as much pick and roll as you should. And I think with Cade Cunningham and with Killian Hayes, they're not the most athletic guys in the league. I think that was really the only knock on Cade coming out, right? Is that he doesn't have like the fastest first step, right? But he's smart and he's skilled and he makes the right read and he, and he hits good shots. Then run the pick and roll. It makes all the sense in the world. Killian Hayes, I mean... It, uh, it's hard for me to stand up here and defend Killian Hayes, but like they've just been putting him in the corner, and that's that's just not who he is. He's not a catch-and-shoot guy, but he yeah. can run the pick-and-roll. He can kick it out to Cade, and Cade can hit those knockdown shots, and and Cade and Killian trading off, um, kicking out to Sadiq Bey. I mean, Sadiq, he had you know 30 points or so in that game just off of catch-and-shoot. It, it wasn't all isolation uh, it wasn't Sadiq Bay pounding the rock. It wasn't Killian Hayes having to go ISO. It was a good team win, and it was all led by Cade Cunningham, who, in my opinion, and this is this is just my opinion, Cade Cunningham, in my opinion, is the best rookie this year. I completely understand an argument for Evan Mobley. I I understand that argument. I respect it, and I I I wouldn't knock it by any means. Um, and I guess you're gonna have to read the uh, the rookie rankings to kind of see what we think of that that top three. But uh, Cade Cunningham has just been really everything that I wanted as a Pistons fan, and it was just so awesome to see him get kind of that national attention. Um, it was awesome. I think the thing that I've really loved to see from Cade is that he is currently on a nine game stretch or, or his last nine games played, I should say. Um, he's averaging almost eight assists per game. This is after he had an eight game stretch of averaging just under four assists. You love seeing that really build up. Cause that's the thing that I, I think most people were excited about is that yes, he can go get a bucket, but he really is a great distributor of the basketball. Um, now, obviously I've not watched all those games, Kyle. I'm not going to try and act like I saw the whole story, but Maybe a little bit of that is the Pistons just making a few more shots when he's getting his teammates to their spots. But again, I think it is a credit to them getting the offense moving a little bit more as well. Because um, that that is where Cade is at his best, when he can kind of get downhill, find the open guy, set up his teammates to build, pull that pressure off of him. Um, the one thing, though, and I know you kind of hinted at this with the offense needing to move more, the thing that he's got to get better at is getting to the free throw line. He's had 14 games this season 
out of 31 played where he has not taken a single free throw. And in this league, that is such an important way of getting points. Um, so y- you just mm-hmm. really hope that he figures that out and that the Pistons offense figures that out. Um, I think you and I can both agree, not to spoil too much of our rankings, um, I think we had Cade Cunningham, as a collective, we had Cade Cunningham third on the rookie rankings behind Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley. Um, I personally feel that's too low. I think Cade should have been the easy number two, if not number one. I had Mobley one in my rankings, but um, you know, with Evan Mobley, you can make the argument that he's got a uh, Jared Allen, a fringe all-star next to him, and Darius Garland, one, a fringe all-star, but two, a guy smack dab in the middle of the most improved player race. Um, and before they lost Ricky Rubio, Rubio was having an incredible season as well. Um, so there have been a few factors to enhance Evan Mobley's rookie season, but the argument is there for him to be number one. Um, but yeah, I, I really love what I've saw, seen from Cade so far. Uh, again, it's I love to see it, but also kind of minim, minimal hate to see it because, you know, I'm scared of what that means for the Central Division going forward. But yeah, there's just a lot to love from this guy. It's, and he's just getting more and more confident with each game that he plays. Yeah, I, uh, I first I want to just touch on the point you made about the free throw attempts. Great, great point. Um, and that is something that he doesn't get the chance to do as much because, again, there's just not enough action where he's, like, penetrating the lane. Um, and, I mean, he's good, in, he's good in isolation, but more from a finesse standpoint offensively. Yeah. Um, he's He doesn't have, like... He's skinny, right? He he's he's not bulky by any means. He's not small. He's got a he's got a big enough frame, but he is pretty skinny. He's and a so, nineteen year old in the NBA, right? He's <laughs> a, just a nineteen year old six six vegan guy. So um, that's just who he is. So it was nice to see him get to length. when he gets to the stripe. He's really good at shooting free throws, shooting eighty five percent from the floor or from uh, from the charity stripe this year. But uh, yeah, that's that's something where that's just easy money and the sooner he learns to get there with frequency, the better. Um, but like you said about Evan Mobley again, um, I have no problem with him being at one, especially yeah. with the Cavs being in the playoff picture. Uh, I think you brought up a great point where, you know, you do kind of have to weigh the cast around him with him having a couple fringe all-stars, most approved players, um, all of that. Um, and kind of what is Mobley's role on the team? Where is Mobley the, you know, third guy on offense or so um and kind of you know just weigh that when you're kind of looking at this stuff but uh yeah i mean it's such an interesting argument and that's why we made the article right um yeah tim tim did a great job putting that together so make sure you check it out and uh yeah it's a good read yes sir well let's go ahead and uh, get into hate to see it um kyle what did you have as your uh as your hate to see it this week. Oh, so our last podcast that we did, um, I think it was the last one. We talked about Adam Silver a little bit and how um, he was on the naughty Grand, list. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was on the naughty list. Right. Because and listen, we're not blaming him for Omicron, but it's just been pretty tough. Right. Well, yeah. hate to see it goes to Kyrie Irving. And we've stayed we've stayed away from the Kyrie Irving stuff quite a bit. Like, I, I think more than most. Um NBA networks, but okay. Now we're here. Okay. <laughs> so it comes out that he can now play in home games. Okay. This is interesting. He wasn't allowed to earlier because he wasn't vaccinated, which makes sense. Okay. Um, so what happens if he plays in 
home games. The first time, nothing happens. Nothing. They say, hey, Kyrie, well, you can't you can't do that. Little well, slap on the wrist. I, we know he can't do it. We we've all known he can't do it. <laughs> Second offense, what happens? A thousand dollar fine. One thousand dollars. Yeah. Third offense is a two thousand dollar fine. And then the fourth offense and the rest of the offenses there on after are five thousand dollars. So with the rest of the home games, let's say 20 home games that they have left or so, he's looking at probably just under $100,000 in um, in fines, which um, I think is just bullshit, I, to be honest. I think it's, like, so ridiculous. It was a $35,000 fine just because he wasn't fully available for the media. Like, that is seven games of like unvaccinated fines. You know what I mean? Like being unvaccinated is one seventh the severity of not talking to the media as much as you want them to. That seems crazy to me. That seems asinine. The whole thing that we did seemed like performative theater. The first, what, what did we just do? Like the last like four months, like what was that? I don't even understand why we even did that. Yeah. What happened to being a voice for the voiceless? No, he's he's not a voice for the voiceless. He is a perfect example that if you are rich, nothing matters. You get to do whatever you want, and a hundred thousand dollars is nothing to him. It's it, it is it is so frustrating that it's just like, you know what? I'm not a voice for the voiceless. I'm just a great example that rich people can do whatever the fuck they want, and there's no consequences. Yeah, he's literally just the Aaron Rodgers of the NBA at this point. Yeah, he, you know what? You I'm so over it. <laughs> This isn't like your third eye is not opening up. You're not a voice for anyone. You're just a rich asshole. And it's so annoying. It's so annoying. And like, I want to root for the Nets so badly because I, I think this team is so good. And I think this team is so cool. And KD is the, the best player in the league. And I think he's like the coolest player in the league. And it's so annoying that he has to share a team with Kyrie Irving and just the pretentiousness of it all. It's just, it's I, infuriating. I hate- I hate that all of this has ruined being excited about this big three coming together. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we should be excited that three of the most exciting players in the league are now playing games together. But instead, you know, it it's Kyrie's bullshit ruining it all once again. And it's just like a hundred thousand (laughs) dollars. You get that? Like if you say, if you say, uh, I don't think the ref made the right call in the third quarter. Like that's a hundred thousand dollars. Like that, <laughs> that's a hundred thousand dollar yeah. fine. You know what I mean? Like it's it's so dumb. And like honestly, at this point, like I don't even know if it's Kyrie Irving's fault. Like he's, you know what I mean? Like the damage that he did, like he already did his damage like months ago. This is just like a really really dumb rule. It's just it's just dumb. The whole thing's dumb. I'm, I'm annoyed by it. Yeah. No, I, I completely yeah. agree. I hate, I hate to see it. I will say that. I <laughs> Out of all my hate to see it for the years, this is like, this is it. So, this is, It's up there on the hate to see it rankings. A hundred percent. Yeah. But I'm, uh, I, okay. I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> what is your hate to see it? So my hate to see it, speaking of topics that we have really tried to distance ourselves from, Mine is about the situation in Philadelphia revolving mm. around Ben Simmons trade talks. Um, as most people are probably aware, uh, Rich Paul 
and the Sixers brass met for lunch the other day to kind of have another meeting of the minds to try and see if they can finally get through all this shit. And, uh, of course, uh, the reports came out that they ended the lunch in a stalemate. You know, Daryl Morey and the Sixers want Ben Simmons to play. Ben Simmons doesn't want to and all this stuff. And my hate to see it is just Daryl Morey at this point, just being an unrealistic jackass about all of this. Um, we've gotten reports now surfacing of kind of the players that have been floated Philadelphia's way um, from Woj saying guys like Harrison Barnes, DeMontis Sabonis, and John Collins are not moving the needle for Philly and Ben Simmons trade talks. Harrison Barnes I can kind of understand, but those other two guys, DeMontis Sabonis and John Collins, that's actually preposterous that you would not even <laughs> sniff those trade talks. So I, I, I am... I am so tired of Daryl Morey thinking he's going to get a gold mine for Ben Simmons. It's not going to happen. The rest of the league is not that stupid. And this really does just feel like one of those moments where he's trying to play the whole, I'm smarter than you. I am smarter than you. And it, the league is calling his bluff. And it, we're just yeah. continued in this never-ending game of yeah. will they or won't they. Yeah, good luck finding a team that wants to pay him over $40 million a year. Good luck finding a team that has every single piece around him to make him fit. You know what? You know what team would be perfect? Because okay, here's what he needs, right? He needs shooters in the backcourt with him. Yep. He needs so, and then in the front court, he needs a center that can space the floor and that wants the ball. And yep. then he needs a uh, oh another forward that just wants to like stand there and shoot. Uh, oh it. If you didn't catch on, that is the Philadelphia 76ers roster right now. And so uh, he's already in quite literally the perfect spot. Um, and guess what? It just didn't work out for you. And so, I don't know. I don't know. Just stop stop blaming everyone. Stop blaming everything. Can we just move on? You're ruining the Sixers' um, season this year, which is frustrating. It's a waste of a healthy and bead season, which is annoying um and like there's just other teams that are just kind of like in limbo no man's land and like you said like demontis sabonis doesn't move the needle for you like what i i don't know the next three years who's going to make more all-star games sabonis or, or ben simmons like i it's probably it, it close probably it blows my mind probably close probably tied but like i'll tell you what sabonis is probably going to be 15 million dollars a year cheaper so yes <laughs> I, yeah, that it's uh it's a weird one for me and I hate to see it. Yeah, and I was like kind of getting excited because before this luncheon there were reports circulating that the Sixers were looking to include Tobias Harris in Simmons trade talks now too and I was like I was like, "Oh, they're like they're upping the ante to kind of be like, "Hey, what can we get done?" but instead we get this. So just yeah. blah. We've got the trade deadline coming up in a month, so we can really only pray to the to the trade gods that that something finally gets done here. So, yeah, we got our first little taste of uh, of the trade deadline. Yes, we did. Yeah, yes, we did. Um, we had the Knicks and Hawks, two teams that you know presumptive rivals after last year's playoff series. Um, you'd think they wouldn't want to be doing business with one another, but they completed a trade uh, today between. Uh, let's see, the Knicks got Cam Reddish, Solomon Hill, and a 2025 second round pick, while the Hawks received Kevin Knox and a protected 2022 first round pick. And Kyle, we were trying to make a little bit of sense of this trade and 
it's still kind of up in the air, it feels like. It's uh it's an interesting trade. Question mark? Um I, I just what are what are your thoughts on this move for, for both teams really? Yeah, so yeah, very uh very weird one. Like no no knee jerk like, oh, this clearly makes sense because of this. But how I tried to make sense of it was the Hawks have a lot of money tied up, right? Between Trey Young, John Collins, Clint Capella, like their future, they already have a lot tied up. They probably see DeAndre Hunter as more, they do see DeAndre Hunter as more valuable than Cam Reddish. So let's assume that more money is going there as well. Um, that leaves a, that, I mean, that's a lot. Like that is, that is a lot right there. So what do you do with Cam Reddish when, you know, the bill comes to pay? Well, Cam Reddish is a 22-year-old shooter. That's what he's known for. That's his main skill set is he's a shooter. But he's clearly below league average and efficiency. He's already got injury history. So a guy that's not really a core piece that's going to, you know, try and fetch uh, a hefty price tag that's not super efficient with some injury history, you know, you think, can we trade him? And with a resume like that, and I know it's a huge name, I, I definitely know it's a huge name, but with a resume like that, I think getting a first-round pick back makes a lot of sense. Um, Kevin Knox, if nothing else, is a young body for you know just under $6 million a year. Kevin Knox clearly needed a, a change of scenery being behind uh, Obi Toppin. I think like right when they drafted Obi Toppin, Kevin Knox's career was probably done as a Nick. Um, but, uh, I mean, two sides to every coin here. Cam Reddish is just buried behind uh, Evan Fournier now. So it's not like they had, like, it's not like they needed uh, a shooting guard or anything like that. Like, they just gave him $70 million. So, um, yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense all around. But I think the Hawks get a first-round pick out of it, which is something. And I think that there could be another move made um, potentially by the Hawks. Uh, it seems like the Hawks want to win now. It seems like that's should be their motive. Um, they, you know, there's rumors that they're buyers. So uh, with an extra first round pick, you know, and they have the contract of Gal Gallinari. They have uh, potentially DeAndre Hunter. Potentially uh, John rumors. Collins, who's hit frustration. Potentially John Collins. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've been talking. And, and I'll say, my Pistons, your Pacers, the Lakers and the Cavs were also in trade talks for Reddish. So, uh, I mean, I mean that's as reported by The uh, Athletic. So, they've definitely been on the phone uh, making, a lot of, making a lot of talks and conversations about some potential trades. So, I think... I think that before the trade deadline hits, we're going to see another noticeable trade by them. Um, I'm just curious to see what it is. So right now I kind of grade it incomplete on the Hawks side. And then on the Knicks side, like, you know, that wasn't your pick anyways. It was an extra pick that you got from Charlotte. So like you didn't really give up too much. And you took a flyer on a guy that's like, you know, super good friends with your youngest star. And okay. Like I don't I don't hate it for the Knicks. I don't love it for the Knicks. It's fine for the Knicks. Um, it's fine for the Hawks. I think it's just kind of fine. Yeah. I think it it just is the first move of many. 
I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head with the incomplete grade for the Hawks. That's kind of how I'm viewing this. I really do think it completely hinges on what do the Hawks do next? Um, did they go out? like Because Kevin Knox was only playing eight minutes a game this season for the Knicks. He wasn't a heavy rotation guy. I, I, ha- I don't see where he helps this roster. It was it, It's pretty clear I think they were trying to get that draft pick, to get that trade asset. So what do they do with that asset, I think, determines who the winner of this trade is. If they don't do anything with it, then I think you give the I think you give the slight edge to the Knicks. Because they do get a guy that's averaging around, I think it was 22, 23 minutes per game this season. So he can at least be in your rotation. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I was looking at the Knicks depth chart because I'm trying to, I was trying to make sense of it as well, how Reddish fits in here. And I, I, I think your point made about Reddish and Barrett, you know, being friends from, you know, they had that season at Duke with Zion. And I, it just kind of feels like this was a trade to kind of sure things up with RJ Barrett, just to kind of be even more like, Hey, look what we're doing for you. And I don't blame the Knicks for that. RJ Barrett's been, you know, acceptable as of late. So, um, it's, a uh, it's interesting. I, I would love to see if them bringing in Reddish because, you know, Julius Randle has really taken a bit of a downward turn this season. I wonder if this is them kind of signaling they might be phasing Randall out of the rotation a little bit to play a more like smaller centric lineup. I, I'd be interested to see if maybe that's their play. Reddit bring Reddish on the floor to spread the floor out even more. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Um, it, it's going to be, uh, you know, it, you're just gonna have to see how it plays out. Cause I, I really can't make heads or tails of this between, Who's got what edge? It, it just kind of comes back to again that that first round pick that Atlanta acquired. Yeah, and, and something I just got I was just reminded of is like the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks will sit anyone on their, you know, on their roster. They they yeah. sat Kemba when he wasn't playing well. I I don't think that like Evan Fournier is above being sat. You know what no. I mean? I I think that like that. They are gonna try out Cam Reddish. I hope that he gets starter minutes, to be honest. And I hope that we get to see like a full Cam Reddish, RJ Barrett. Like, let's see what it looks like. It could um, very with, well it could very well be a move to light a fire under Evan Fournier's ass because really Fournier's only been great against the Celtics this season for yeah. the Knicks. <laughs> so it could very well be like, hey, yeah, we gave you seventy million, start playing like it, or you know, we've got another another guy that can take your place. Right. I, I I am very intrigued to see you know to see if the Knicks run a lineup with like quickly Reddish Barrett even keep Randall top out in. there it top in and Randall like just kind of see what that looks like um or even like instead of Randall you you play top in and like bring Alec Burks out just go super small um hmm. you know I I think there's some like inventiveness there. Will the Knicks do that? I don't know. It's Tibbs. You really don't know with him, but it's it's an interesting. He's an interesting piece to add to that roster. Yeah, and I, I think, think it gives him. Nice, oh, go ahead. Yes, yeah, sir. It gives him a little more roster flexibility. Yeah. Um. So so we'll definitely see. It's it, it was a fun little uh, fun little trade to see. I, I, again, I I still it's weird that the Knicks and Hawks traded with one another after that series last year. Like. Maybe it's just like a move they're trying to get intel on Trey Young, even though neither of these teams are, or I guess the Knicks more than the Hawks are in the playoff hunt right now, but um, just just more intel on Trey. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the the 11 and the 12 seed right now. Um, they're both just outside of that um, that bubble game. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll kind of see what what goes on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think about covers it for the for the next Hawks trade, Kyle. Is there anything else that uh, you wanted to hit on before we uh, hopped into shot caller of the week? No, um, I mean, like we already said, I, I think that there is more to hit on, but it's just not this week. I think we just kind of have to wait and see, um, turn on those Woj notifications, and I'm sure we'll come back to this trade. Uh, I just don't know what we're going to be adding, so we'll just yeah, have to kind of wait like, and see. We're in that post-Christmas game. like th- These are like the dog days of the season because you're just kind of, everybody's going back and forth with their seating leading up to to the trade deadline so we're we're definitely mm-hmm. in the slow-ish part of the year for sure yeah um well that being said then let's get right into it man let's let's hit shot caller of the week um what you got who who are you rolling with man my shot caller of the week and i honestly don't know if he's been my shot caller of the week um there's a good chance that he's already been my shot caller of the week three times I, I i don't know he could have been every week though to be honest and it's kd uh it's my favorite player in the nba right now um it's who i think is the best player in the nba and it is a player that took over in what was a, a battle of the two top teams in the eastern conference um with eight minutes left in the third quarter game tied at 71 kd turns it on Ten minutes later in that game, again tied at seventy-one. Ten minutes later, it's one fourteen to seventy-nine. I mean, just absolutely turned on the burners. KD was great. I think that uh, it got me just a little bit worried. I'm all in on the Bulls. I'm there. I'm. I love it. But I will say, I was just a tiny bit, tiniest bit worried. How are they going to stop KD in the playoffs? And then I kind of thought, how are they going to, are they going to stop Giannis in the playoffs? But I mean, I don't know. I, like that, that their defense has been good, but that's because they're able to put like Caruso and Lonzo on so many guys. But the Caruso Lonzo thing just doesn't work for like two guys in the league, and unfortunately, those two guys are the two guys that you're going to have to go through to win the East. So uh, it'll be really, really curious to see kind of how that all that all works out. Uh, but yeah, KD, um, I mean, he wins kind of the battle of the East this week. So he's my shot caller of the week. I'm actually, I'm glad you said that about the Bulls because I, I was going to ask you, um, kind of to circle back to that point, where does your confidence sit on the Bulls? I mean, right now they are still number one in the East, but, you know, we are, as we're recording this, Milwaukee put an absolute whoop down on the Golden State Warriors tonight, 118-99. I mean, Giannis went full freak mode in that game. I mean, it feels like, it, to me, I love this Bulls roster, but they, I, I think it's fair to say they have definitely exceeded expectations so far this season. And it just feels like when this team has to play one of those two alphas, it's not going to go their way. I mean, I think last night was was really their big shot of being like, hey, this is going to be our coming out party. Even if they lost that game, if they lost a close game, you could still walk out of that being like, all right, 
we we can believe, but to your point, like KD going full KD mode on them. How you know what what is their adjustments to be made? I mean, I I love the story of the Bulls, but I'm definitely I don't think I'm as confident in their playoff success as others might be right now. Yeah, the the one thing I'll say about the Bulls is they do potentially have a trade to make. Um, yes, with maybe maybe Patrick Williams, um, but yeah, I think that they do potentially have a trade to make. I think the Nets could also get someone in more of like the buyout market, but I don't know what they have necessarily as like trade assets. Um, so I think the Bulls kind of have the advantage as far as like improving their roster the rest of the season. And then also, I think the Bulls just on like a night to night basis, like have potential to just be the more talented team on the floor. Um, and so I just, yeah, I, I think that they have a good shot against Brooklyn. I think they have a good shot against Milwaukee. Um, as long as KD and as long as Giannis don't go just absolutely nuclear. But like I said, at the end of the day, like the Bulls will will have so much talent in whatever five-man rotation they put out on the floor that that will count for something. So um, I'm confident in the Bulls. I, I definitely see them in that same tier with Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Um, really, whatever order you want to throw that top three at me, I'm good with it. So I don't I don't even know if I have one as like a 1A, 1B, 1C. I kind of just look at them all and I'm like, yep, that's the that's the top of the East right there, those three. Yeah. Very fair, very fair. And, yeah. I, you know, I didn't even think about that, dude. Last night's game might have just been the wake-up call for the Bulls to be like, hey, if we really want to make a run at this thing, we're going to need to go out and get a guy. For, yeah. for these juggernaut teams so that's a very fair point um well my love or not love to see it we already did that my shot collar of the week kyle um i've been holding it in. I, I wanted to do it as my love to see it i i almost wanted to do just a full segment on it but held the reins i have talked about this team this is like the third or fourth time i've talked about them now on the pod this season but they're the best story of the season, the Memphis Grizzlies. Specifically for this week, John Morant gets my shot color of the week. Um, mm. After uh, their win against Golden State a few nights ago, excuse me, the, the story came out about Ja um, seeing a kid in the stands that was asking for his autograph, but he was wearing a Stephen Curry jersey. And Ja was like, well, give me your information. I'll send you a John Morant jersey. And the next day, this is I. This is so cool. The Grizzlies announced that for kids twelve and under, if they brought an opposing team's jersey that they owned, they would swap it out for like a John Morant or a Jaron Jackson Jr. jersey. Like that is the absolute best way to build your fan base. It, I am just, I am so envious of Grizzlies fans. What they've got going on right now. Um, you know, as someone who roots for a small market team, I wish my team was as aware of how to properly build in the modern NBA as the Grizzlies are right now. It's just, it's so cool to see. And, and Jaws just balling out, you know, he came back from injury. The Grizzlies dropped a couple and, you know, you had the crowd on Twitter being like, mm, John Morant, he, he's a, you know, a negative to this Grizzlies roster. And now they're on this 10 game winning streak with job back it's just 
it is so fun to watch. This team is number one in so many categories right now across the board. Um, I just, I, I'm so impressed with what they're doing on the court, what they're doing off the court. It's just, it is so cool. So John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies for, I don't even know how many times now, are my shot caller of the week. I promise I will find something else eventually. <laughs> but right now, I just, I am, I'm so in on this Memphis team. <laughs> I don't think that anyone on uh, on NBA Twitter or really any NBA fan has found anything else uh, besides John Morant. I think we're all on the same page with you. I think we're all just kind of like like bleeding our phone batteries dead, just w- watching the John Morant block over and over and over and over and over <sighs> again, and just like the fact that he would be in outer space right now without that backboard uh, to stop him and Oh, it just so good. He is right now. He is the betting favorite for most improved player, which um, I'm sorry. I, I I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. He should not be in the most improved player conversation. He should be in the most valuable player conversation, but that is, that is a whole other segment for a whole other day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's ahead of uh, miles bridges for most improved player. He's currently number one. So for MVP, which is a fair argument to, to be made for him. Curry's first, then Durant, then Giannis, then Jokic, and then Morant. Uh, but, I mean, like, Jokic is 14 to 1 to win MVP. Morant is 25 to 1. And, like, Embiid is 30 to 1. It feels like Morant is just way closer to, like, KD in MVP voting than he is to Embiid. Am I wrong there? Yeah. I, I, I just mean, does, I, does it seem like he should be like I think he like, should be in the top like I, I listen he's top five right now this, we 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 did our first MVP preview about a month ago now mm-hmm. um but I I don't know man I I think if if Memphis keeps up this pace they're obviously they're gonna lose a game or two eventually but if they keep winning at this type of consistency and that the way that they're winning and the opponents they're beating, because they are beating quality opponents too. It's not like they're in a, a lull in their schedule. Um, I don't know, man. You you got to start thinking about it. Like he's he's got to start climbing up that ladder. Uh, I, I am yeah. a betting man. I haven't betted in a minute, but I would put a bet down for John Moran as a dark horse MVP. Um, they've they've won the last ten in a row. They have twenty nine wins. Golden State has thirty wins. I mean that just to put it in perspective, like yeah, they're the third seed in the are West right now. Third in the West, uh, on a ten-game win streak. Now I guess you and I argued. You and I argued when we did our tier list. We argued that they would make the play-in. Yeah, you, like, yeah. I had to convince ex- you they would make the play-in. I wasn't yeah. convinced they were going to be this good. It's you know we've we've given De- all credit here. DeMar DeRozan has been put into the MVP conversation for the Bulls exceeding expectations the way they have. Why isn't John Morant getting that same treatment? You know? Is that, I feel like that's a fair point. Yeah, I think the biggest argument against him is they went 10-2 and two without him. Yeah, I get I it. Think that's, I think that's probably like the biggest knock I could see against him. Other than that, like he just is the most exciting player in the league right now. Like Next to Stephen Curry... He is now the nightly highlight reel. We, mm-hmm. you know, we've we've joked before on this show about how we have our nightly what the fuck Steph moments. It is turning into what the fuck jaw moments as well. Like, 
I don't know what more this guy has to do to to really start. I mean, this man has made Stephen A. Smith go out on Twitter on his own volition and apologize mm. to the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> you know, like there's no one that holds on to his opinion with an iron fist more than Stephen A. Smith when it comes to the NBA. So to get Stephen A. to admit he was wrong about your team, you got to be doing something right. Um, so I, again, we, I mean, next to the, I mean, you got your, you got your Grizzlies. We love the Grizzlies. Obviously we are big Timberwolves guys on this show. Um, Anthony Edwards day is coming. It's, it is coming, but it's not this season right now. It is all about John Morant. Um, and really like it need to see, see him really catapult into that MVP conversation. Do better voters. <laughs> yeah, I would, uh, so we're we're almost at the halfway point of the season. Well, I guess games yeah. wise, we're like yeah, we are. we're like we're there. Um, but I think at the at the All Star break, I think that we make like an all shot callers team. I think yeah. that we do like an all shot callers team for the first half of the year. And I I think I have a good idea who our team captain's gonna be. So um, <laughs> this is just I, I'm just literally making this up as we go. But I think that that's something that's something we're gonna have to come back to once it's all once it's a uh, all star break. Yeah, gonna no, make for sure. For our sure. all shot callers team. So well, Kyle, that that is all I had. Um, this is a quick one this week. We normally run at about the the fifty to an hour mark. We're only at forty minutes, man. It, I think good job us for once. I love it. Yeah, I love it. We, we we've been known to ramble a time or two, but we did more it. Time, we, <laughs> more time to watch John Morant highlights. Yeah, straight up. But uh, yeah, um, Kyle, you got anything else going on? I know we did the rookie rankings. I, I don't think we have anything crazy planned, but I'm just trying to think. We're no, that's it. Uh, yeah. Check out that rookie rankings article. Yeah. Um, make sure to to tweet at us your thoughts. Who do you have? Um, you know, as your top 10, who do you have as your number one, your top three, your top five, who's on your list that's not on ours, who should not be on our list, let us know your thoughts because yeah. uh, super, super interesting. These This year's rookies are incredible and, uh, yeah, interesting to watch. Yeah, and let us know your thoughts on the Knicks-Hawks trade as well. Um, tweet at us. Let us know what you think about it. Um, did we miss something? We, we'd love love to know. Hit us up at 48 Minutes NTWRK on Twitter, or you can find Kyle at Good Luck Kyle, me at Makuchi. Uh, love chopping it up with you guys. But uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Shot Callers. We will see you guys next week. Uh, until then, uh, yeah, go watch more John Moran highlights. Cool. Love y'all. Thanks for listening to Shot Callers. Make sure to subscribe to the 48 Minutes Network wherever you're listening to your podcast, and leave us a review if you like what you're hearing. Also, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter over at 48 Minutes Network. I'm going to stop and give you all the love.